Fort Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday morning and an early happy Father's Day to all the spiritual and physical dads out there. Thank you for your dedication and for being good dads in more ways than one. Wishing you a beautiful Father's Day weekend. Weather-wise, not so sure it's going to be all that beautiful. We've got some issues out there, so let me give you a, uh, a forecast. First of all, some uh, storms are, are moving through, and the heat wave is continuing, so we have to keep an eye on that. We like to give you the weather to let you know what's happening. We want to keep you tuned here for the entire program. Potential Tropical Cyclone 3 will gradually approach a northern Gulf Coast with heavy rain and potential flooding. Meanwhile, a sharp cold front producing severe thunderstorms with significant winds, hail, tornadoes, and possible flooding across the Ohio Valley. Finally, that large dome of high pressure continuing the major heat wave over the west, and it's starting to extend into the central plain. So be safe out there. Summer officially starts on Sunday, and it seemed to be coming in a little bit uh, in a crazy way with all kinds of uh, wild weather out there. So be safe. Now... Stay tuned to the entire program and all of our great shows here on EWTN. We are going to basically be using an interview with Ashley McGuire from the Catholic Association as our news segment this morning because there was a major, major case that came out of the Supreme Court, a decision that came out of the Supreme Court yesterday. This has to do with Catholic Social Services and the city of Philadelphia. Now, uh, many in the religious freedom community, such as the Catholic Association, are praising this, and they're going to be giving us an idea of why this is a good thing. However, there is some concern being raised by several justices, even though they agreed with the majority decision, including Samuel Alito and Justice Neil Gorsuch, both came out very strongly saying it's okay, but it's not enough. So we'll get Ashley's opinion on that as well. Then we'll take a break and we'll bring up Doug Keck for our weekly discussion on the great programming that we have at EWTM. We always like to give you a heads up on what's happening. Uh, We call it the inside word with our chief operating officer and president, so he'll be up at 15 minutes past the hour. And then for our Fact Check Friday today, I want to spend uh, quite a bit of time with Father Charles Fox. He's a regular guest here on Catholic Connection. He not only is a wonderful priest and soon to be the associate rector at a Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit where he currently teaches, but he's quite a prolific writer and has been published in many publications, including Catholic World Report, Detroit Catholic. I believe he's written for the National Catholic Register as well. He does an excellent job of, of commenting and writing about cultural issues in the church and also explaining the faith beautifully. Since he has such an interest in media, both of us were, were very interested to see what our Archbishop had to say about media discernment There's a wonderful pastoral note that Archbishop Alan Vigneron from the Archdiocese of Detroit released on the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's called The Beauty of Truth, a pastoral note on communicating truth and love in the digital age. He says, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the world today is flooded with words, yet we thirst for truth. From print publications, television and radio, and especially from digital media, we see and hear a constant stream of messages pouring forth day and night in virtually every place and situation of our lives. Words we see or hear have some consequence, psychological, emotional, or spiritual. That is the way God made us. 
He goes on to say, however, it's a great sorrow that at a time when the quantity of words being expressed is an all-time high, the consequences of ill-used words harm the cause of truth and the good of the human soul. As our society continues to make use of news and social media resources, it is not uncommon for people to become frustrated, confused, and discouraged. Sometimes we even struggle with anger, bewilderment, and despair. Uh, in this pastoral note, he gives several main points in terms of how we are to discern what's thrown at us in the media and to really examine closely the fruit of these various sources, whether they be secular, whether they be Christian, or more specifically Catholic Christian. What are they saying? How are they saying it? And what does that mean in the end? So this will be our Fact Check Friday. We're going to dive into this deeply with Father Charles Fox, and that will come up at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, let's check in with Ashley McGuire from the Catholic Association regarding the big decision regarding religious freedom that came out of the Supreme Court yesterday. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, great to be with you. All right, your thoughts in terms of what the Supreme Court decided. Were you surprised by the majority decision? I would say I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was a unanimous decision. Um, as we know, those are rare in our very divided society and our very um, divided court. But I think that it was um, a, a real signal as to how um, how strongly the court believes that this is an important religious liberty issue. So give us a summary of, of the case and why it went all the way to the Supreme Court. What happened with Catholic Social Services in the city of Philadelphia, if some of our listeners are not familiar with this case? Sure. So Catholic Social Services is has been operating an adoption and foster care agency in the city of Philadelphia for more than 200 years, um, as they've done in many other um, parts of not just the country but the world. And they've been doing so, um, they've been placing children without discriminating against the children on the basis of religion um, and, and really any other, uh, any other category. And uh, the city really relied on them um, to help with their increasingly overflowing foster care crisis situation until 2018 when the city abruptly said, unless the Catholic Social Services changed its... Um, its position on the view that marriage is between a man and a woman, its religious view, uh, then they would no longer refer children to their agency, which is a de facto closure because you can't operate an adoption and foster care agency if you're not, if the city refuses to partner with you because you aren't getting any referrals. Right. Um, and that also meant that their countless families that they were working with also were unable to adopt. And so they argued that this amounted to discrimination against them because of their religious beliefs and sued all the way to the Supreme Court and won unanimously yesterday. And Chief Justice Roberts, in his opinion, was very clear that not only was this a violation of, of, of the First Amendment, plain and clear, but that their agency was targeted. They were targeted because of their religious beliefs, um, that the measures that the city took were designed to target Catholic social services because of their religious beliefs about marriage. We're chatting with Ashley McGuire from the Catholic Association. She's a senior fellow there, and she's also an author and a speaker and appears frequently in various uh, media, both secular and Catholic. Ashley, I'm sure you, you uh, did a thorough examination of, of the statements from the various justices regarding the, the uh, opinion. Justice Alito and Justice Gorsuch were saying, okay, this is good, but it doesn't go far enough. And as a matter of fact, what they said was pre pretty stinging. Alito's was extremely detailed in saying, and I've got it right here, he's basically saying that this is not enough because it's going to lead to 
a lot more, um, you know, attorney fees and litigation on behalf of not only Catholic Social Services in Philadelphia, but other Catholic Social Service agencies. He says the exclusion of CSS from foster care work violates the free exercise clause. And CSS is therefore entitled to an interjunction bar, an injunction barring Philadelphia from taking such action. After receiving more than 2,500 pages of briefing and after more than a half year of post-argument, the court has emitted a wisp of a decision that leaves religious liberty in a confused and vulnerable state. Those who count on this court to stand up for the First Amendment have every right to be disappointed, So, as am I. What do you think of his, his concerns being raised? Well, what he's talking about is the the plaintiff asked not only for uh, the court to protect their religious liberty, but also to overturn a decades-old precedent right. um, that has to do with how religious liberty cases are decided. And the court declined to do that. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic that, you know, this was not the only opportunity the court will ever have to do that. Um, you know, I think, like, a parallel example would be the June medical case, Um where Chief Justice Roberts actually said, you know, come back to me with a better case if you really want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, so yeah, I'm not endorsing the decision in, in June Medical, but I do think that was sort of the division, what divided the justices and why there was multiple opinions. Some wanted to overturn this precedent, um, which would definitely have a sort of broader and more sweeping implications for religious liberty. But you know, far be it from me to disagree with um, or criticize Justice Alito, but I think, you know, I count me as someone who overall views the case as a positive development. I think maybe to get the unanimous decision, that's what, you know, overturning the precedent would have made it not a unanimous decision. So, you know, if we're thinking incrementally, like, we're so divided on this issue um, and in the culture wars, and to have a very clear even if, you know, more on the narrow side opinion on this specific case, I view that as a victory, and I think it's not the last chance the court will have um, to to weigh, on, weigh in on this and potentially establish a new, better, clearer pre- precedent moving forward. Hmm. Okay, because I know that in Gorsuch, he was saying that he believes the Pennsylvania Supreme Court can effectively overrule the majority's reading of the Commonwealth's public accommodations law. I mean, I know we're getting into the nitty-gritty here of of different uh, federal laws, but uh, they did raise some concerns. But overall, you're pretty optimistic on where this could lead? I am, because I think, you know, most people don't get into the nitty-gritty. I mean, the people who made the the moves in Philadelphia to discriminate against um, Catholic Social Services, you know, know, they were motivated by activists and... Um, they're bureaucrats, and I think that the court sends a very clear message to those people, no, you know, and they didn't close the door on overturning Smith and and setting a clear precedent. They just said, in this case, this is a unanimous decision, um, and the answer is no, you guys way overstepped. So I think to the people who are antagonizing, you know, the bigoted people who are antagonizing people of faith, I mean, look, we're realistic, like, we know this isn't going to end the culture war. This right. isn't going to stop groups from continuing to attack the Catholic Church. Um, but it certainly sends a message that, you know, you're wasting your time. I, I, this is my view, I think, that if you're going to keep trying to force Catholic. Now, you know, again, you could look to the Little Sisters of the Poor, and they certainly did keep bothering them. Um, but, you know, they kept, the Little Sisters of the Poor kept winning. So, uh, you know, it's... It's hard, but, uh, you know, again, I think 
what I come back to is a unanimous ruling yeah. that protects yeah. the religious liberty of this, you know, in an extremely third rail matter. So I'll take I'll take that as a victory. Yeah. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. What I think is is really important for people to know is is to look at what actually happened because there was not a same-sex couple who actually approached the Philadelphia no, Catholic Social Services. Never. What happened was they got wind of the policy and the media picked up on it, then all of a sudden all heck broke loose. So there wasn't right. even a couple that was rejected, or if you want to call it that, you know, regarding our, the church teaching that we hold for marriage. They weren't approached by anyone. It was, it was that they got wind of the policy and they made a case out of it, a federal case out of it, quite frankly. Right. And so, you know, sure, is it possible that you know, Philadelphia might tweak the policy and then find a couple that's then going to go back to the agency. Yes, I mean, like, the way that, you know, these groups and organizations have been behaving for the last 10 years suggests that they are perfectly, you know, they'd love to attack and antagonize um, Catholic social agencies doing good work. But I think the unanimous nature of the decision suggests that, you know, while the court may not have had the most broad ruling, um, you know, were this like a 5-4 narrow decision, I'd be like, eh. but I think, you know, that it, it will be a waste of their time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought it was. I thought it was rather stunning show. that it was a unanimous decision. I was very surprised yeah. by that, and, and pleasantly surprised. Uh, and again, I, I think it's important for people to know what was going on here. Especially, also, Ashley, another factor, and I know we have to break right now, is that there are so many other agencies that same-sex couples can go to. They are acting as if, just like in the in the case of um, Jack Phillips and the baker, that he was the only baker around that was baking cakes, or this is the only place that offers the opportunity to take in foster care children. I think there's more than two dozen in the city of Philadelphia outside Catholic Social Services. So it was obvious that they were attacking Catholics because of their their beliefs. Ashley, great discussion. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for all your great work. Ashley McGuire is with the Catholic Association. For more information, go to thecatholicassociation.org. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. And we'll be right back with Doug Keck. Stay tuned. This program brought to you in part by the nonprofit Angelicum Academy. This is Father Joseph Essio. I have an important message for all your homeschooling families. You can get an outstanding and fully accredited Catholic college education and save $100,000. To learn how, go to angelicum.net. That's angelicum.net. Earn 75 college credits and an associate's degree in high school for just $3,500 a year. And earn your BA degree just one year later at age 19. Check this out at angelicum.net. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Companies have temporarily stopped hiring. Sporting events are held without fans. 
Even your friends are being told to keep their social distance from you. However, at Ave Maria University, we ask you to consider advancing while the world around you recedes. Gaining an online master's degree in business administration or theology can propel you forward, distinguishing you from the competition when companies again start hiring. Apply now at AveMaria.edu. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, 16 minutes past the hour. I'm so appreciating the great coverage that Raymond Arroyo gave last night at the Bishop's Conference this week and also EWTN News Nightly. Uh, Doug, uh, really good stuff and, and a lot of good coverage, of course, also on Catholic News Agency and EWTNnews.com and the Register. I'm so grateful for all these resources. Um, it's been a busy week, really busy week. Yeah, absolutely, and it ties in because, you know, the, there are spiritual fathers, and, of course, we've got Father's Day uh, coming up so we've got some programming coming up this weekend for that we've got uh, saint peter uh tonight at 8 p.m that's the eastern time and that's uh, part one of the movie with omar sharif which is a fine production so uh, and we've also got a special on savoring our faith with father leo Padalinghug, uh on father's day uh also a special uh, as well uh this sunday with life on the rock uh talking about the importance of fatherhood and speaking of some of the craziness we were, uh, you were alluding to in um, some of the stuff going on, even in Philadelphia, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing 2, the gender agenda is running this weekend, Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern. And if you haven't seen this particular one, it sheds light on liberal and progressive influences shaping attitudes on gender and human sexuality. Does that sound familiar? Threatening Hello. our biblical understanding of marriage and the family. Yes, mm -hmm. the wolf is in the fold and we need protection. And next week as well, I think this is a very interesting program based on a very interesting book by Ralph Martin, A Church in Crisis, five-part mini-series based on Ralph's terrific book on some of the issues that are going on in the church today. Again, a, a little bit like the Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, one of these ones where you scratch your head trying to figure out, I know something's wrong, but I, I just can't figure out exactly and put my finger on it. And also, mm -hmm. one thing, looking positively towards the future, we've got a guest coming on, a Father Cornell, uh, who will be on representing the Secretary General. He is of the 52nd International Eucharist in Congress, which we will be covering from Hungary this September. Mm -hmm. So people can, at least some positive and good news. And yes, of course, uh, the best understanding of what the bishops are actually saying can be found in the many outlets of EWTN News. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, Raymond did a great interview last night with uh, Archbishop Corleone uh, on the Bishop's Conference. So that right. was really, really good. And I he really did a great that. job standing up, as did uh, Archbishop uh, Rhodes as well mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. for anybody who was actually watching the event itself online uh, I didn't see all the clips that were used but certainly uh, I sat and was able to in my office while I was doing work watch the discussions going on and uh, and I thought uh, one of the great lines in there I, I have to go which Archbishop Nauman I mean he always speaks right. up and says the right you know he made the point when it's like well we need to dialogue you know get all this you know we need the the word seems to be that the talking point went out was serene we need a serene time so we can reflect and discuss uh, you know these things and nauman said listen we've moved from a world of you know pro-choice in a sense catholics talking about yeah. choice to a president and a speaker of the house who's talking about rights they're talking mm -hmm. about abortion as a right that needs to be virtually imposed through the federal government on everyone. That, that's a difference. 
And, and two Again. people who claim to be so Catholic and, and cling to their Catholic faith. And that's faith. exactly Nancy the other and Joe thing. Biden. Yeah. Listen, you want to do the I'm personally opposed, but what can I do? Uh, that's not championing it. Or going and saying, well, you know, I understand. You know, I was raised Catholic. I practice my faith the way I want. But they're not walking around with their rosary in their hand, waving it at everybody. And every other line is about, uh, you know, Joe's going to Mass, you know, kind of a thing. God bless him for his own personal soul. I think that's great. But the issue for people is understanding the concept that seems to have been lost, the concept of shame and the concept of giving scandal. It used to be understood that right. somebody might be doing something right in their own personal lives, but it looked bad to other people, in which case you didn't do it right. because it was detrimental to other people's lives. But today we're so selfish. It's like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I can do what I want. Right. Well, also, you had Nancy Pelosi. I think it was just, what's today, Friday, just yesterday or Wednesday. Basically, she would not answer the question that was proposed to her about, well, you know, is what about a child in the womb? Do you consider it a child at 15 weeks? She wouldn't. She bypassed the answer to that question. Yeah. 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 Of course. Because for her to give an answer that said it was, which biology says it is, would put her in a bad position. So, right. so we live in a world today where you get away with things by not answering the questions that are asked you and ignoring the facts in front of you and just merrily going along and, and just blabbing. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day. I said, I feel like we're, we're in a world caught between 1984 and Brave New World. We're all mm-hmm. talking doublespeak while we're taking Soma, which is the drug from the Brave New World, which kept right. everybody under control. And, and so we don't know what's going on. It's People are talking and people are out of it and they don't understand and we're talking past each other. And it really is a, a, a chaos that's out there and people can see it. Thank goodness, I think at some level, people are starting to wake up over the critical race theory and some of these other things that it gets to the point of lunacy where even people who are trying to be, I want to be you know, tolerant and understanding are saying, well, wait a second now, my tolerance of this situation is becoming your intolerance of me and the mm-hmm. way I live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I and I think too. I'm hoping that uh, that the 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 church leaders are, are understanding just how frustrated uh, you know fa- Catholics who've been faithful and trying to do the right thing all these years are with the current situation. I mean, Raymond was talking last night. I mean, how crazy is it that we even need to have this discussion I mean, <laughs> about the Eucharist? I mean, this is where we are, right? Well, the problem you have is 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 if the Democrats were supportive of pro-life, there wouldn't be a discussion because if they were good on pro-life issues with like abortion and euthanasia and those things, and even to some degree some of the sexual things that are out there, um, the church would be uh, totally lined up because all of the other things tend to be what are considered the democratic type thing. And certainly with the present Holy Father's emphasis on the poor and, and the down environment and, yeah. and environment and welcoming, that that tends to be something that falls in there. The 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 bifurcation is is that on one side you've got a party that is, you know, good on the quote unquote good on those other things, and then you've got a at the same time is horrible uh, on on death. And quite honestly, we've gotten a fair amount of double talk out of situations from our leaders where they say, of course, abortion is horrible and it is the premium, but it's not the only thing. Nobody's saying it's the only thing, but there's, like you've said a thousand times, if you're not born, the rest of it doesn't matter. matter. You don't have right. any other rights. 
You know, and if you're going to get rid of mom and dad at the end of life, when are they going to start looking at the infirm? When are they going to start looking at you and say, well, are you very productive? You know, look, you're costing us a lot of money. It, 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 I don't want to use slippery slope because it's a downhill. We're not on a slope. We're on a drop. It's like a cliff. We're rolling off. And people don't understand that once you start accepting these uh, these illogical explanations of how to do things, it's the next step is, and they don't understand. Look, look at Nazi Germany. Look at those kinds of mentalities. You know, yes, there were hardcore Nazis, but it wasn't a main group. But the rest of Germany went along because it got saturated by the media. That's where the politics were. They felt. Well, what do you think? How, Planned Parenthood. Empowered. Look at Margaret Sanger. I mean, I mean, her, her, whole, her whole reason for starting Planned Parenthood was because she thought that she wanted to control the population, and she yeah, thought she there were certain people that, uh, yeah, yeah, and racist yeah, too. They, yeah. Right. Listen, a lot of Hitler's uh, science ideas came from the United States. I hate to say that. That's mm -hmm. true. They quoted a lot of eugenicists from the from the United States, you know, with that, to fit in that same thing, and it's the same thing we're dealing with now with critical race theory. Now I can judge you by the color of your skin. Well, that's ridiculous. That's mm -hmm. we're going back like a hundred years backwards here, yeah. and uh, but now it's okay because I'm judging you. I mean, again, it's the people who say, well, Marxism and socialism works. It's just it hasn't been done right by the right yeah. person. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, yeah. You know, if I was in charge, as Jordan Peterson would say, everything would be wonderful. Right. Uh, well, it, how it many times work do we have to way. try something? Wasn't it Einstein who said, you know, yeah. what is it, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Right. right. Absolutely, yeah. and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that because of original sin, because of original sin, people are ultimately prideful and selfish, as good as they may try to be. And in the right situation, they will always do what's best for them, the them. vast majority yeah. of people. And that's where you run into this problem with, oh, I, I want to do what I want to do, but it's also got to be for yeah. the greater good. And that's, that's why we need EWTN to clarify it for us and to make sure we're staying true to the church. Doug, great discussion. Thanks so much. We'll be right back on a Friday. Stay tuned. My name is Omar Miriano from Immaculate Catholic Church. I am Deputy Grand Knight for Knights of Columbus 5052 in Farmers Branch, Texas. I want to invite you to our sixth annual charity golf tournament benefiting our community outreach. Get your clubs ready on Friday, June 18th at River Chase Golf Club in Capel, Texas. $100 for player, 12 o'clock registration and tee off at 1.30. To learn more or register online, visit KnightsOnBikesDallas.org. Again, that's KnightsOnBikesDallas.org. KATH 910AM sponsor Sacred Heart Books and Gifts in Dallas is your one-stop shop for all things Catholic. Religious books for all ages, unique gifts for every Catholic celebration, and much more. Our local Catholic bookstores need our support. Sacred Heart Books and Gifts is located at the northwest corner of Coit and Campbell Road in far north Dallas. Visit today or call them at 972-250-2100. That's 972-250-2100. Thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and being part of the family. Families pray for each other. We would be honored if you would let us pray with you and for you. You don't even have to tell us your name. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, or call our prayer request line and leave us a message at 800-395-4008. That's 800-395-4008. We will be praying for you every day. 
Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. 28 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. It's a Friday morning, Friday of Father's Day weekend. Wishing all dads out there a wonderful Father's Day and all those who are spiritual fathers as well, including our guest, Father Charlie Fox. He is soon to be the Associate Rector of Sacred Heart Major Seminary in the Archdiocese of Detroit. He's been teaching there for many years. He's a wonderful priest. He's also a media person. He has a background in journalism and is doing a lot of great writing for Catholic World Report, DetroitCatholic.com, and other outlets. And Father, first of all, we wish you a happy Father's Day. Thank you for saying yes to priestly fatherhood. Well, thank you very much, Teresa. I really appreciate that. It's a great blessing to be a spiritual father. Well, we are so, so happy that you are. All right, so this is, a, I thought, a very um, strong pastoral note in many, many ways. This is uh, another pastoral note that Archbishop Vigneron has done based on his original letter that came out, Unleash the Gospel, a few years ago. So what is actually, explain to us, if you would, a pastoral note. What does that mean? So in the Church's Magisterium, both universally and in each of our local churches, like the Archdiocese of Detroit, um, the uh, bishops and the Holy Father uh, write magisterial teaching in a variety of different ways. You know, so you have like a papal encyclical, um, like Humane Vitae. You could have an apostolic exhortation, like, say, Familiaris Consortio about the family by St. John Paul II. Um, you can also have... Um, uh, a pastoral letter, such as Archbishop Vigneron wrote when he wrote Unleash the Gospel. And so a pastoral note is one of these different ways, actually I think developed by Archbishop Vigneron himself, I've not heard of any other bishop using this. But the point is to be somewhat more concise than a full pastoral letter, and to focus more intensely on a single issue, where say, a letter like Unleash the Gospel covers a really broad range of issues that are united under the sort of macro topic of evangelization. Um, this one is very much focused on a single issue, and it's usually a more practical issue. So it'll have a certain amount of scriptural and theological background given to support the practical point being made, but a pastoral note is really almost always focused on some specific, concrete pastoral situation going on in the world today. Great. We're talking with Father Charlie Fox from Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit on the pastoral note from Archbishop Alan Vigneron based on Unleash the Gospel. The Beauty of Truth, this is entitled, The Pastoral Note on Communicating Truth and Love in the Digital Age. This is such a crucial issue because, as the um, Archbishop says in the opening paragraph, and he released this on the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the world today is flooded with words, yet we thirst for truth. From print publications, television and radio, and especially from digital media, we see and hear a constant stream of messages pouring forth day and night. 
in virtually every place and situation of our lives. Words we see or hear have some consequence, psychological, emotional, or spiritual. That is the way God has made us. It is a great sorrow that at a time when the quantity of words being expressed is at an all-time high, the consequences of ill-used words harm the cause of truth and the good of the human soul. As our society continues to make use of news and social media resources, it is not uncommon for people to become frustrated, confused, and discouraged. Sometimes we even struggle with anger, bewilderment, and despair. I want to pick up on this paragraph because I think the question is, and he does a good job of raising this in this pastoral note, is where do we find the balance when we are aware for example, of all the problems in the church and the many issues uh, with leadership, and many people are frustrated, you know, let's just take this week in particular, wondering why we even have to have a discussion on Eucharistic coherence when it's so clear when you have politicians who are saying that they're, that they're Catholic and they love their faith, and yet every time they turn around, they're, they're just taking really strong stands against core teachings such as, such as life and marriage. So people can get frustrated and they can get angry, and sometimes they can get consumed by some outlets that are really just going, I don't want to, how do I want to say this, that they, they are in the attack mode as opposed to, okay, how can we grow and how can we learn from this? I mean, there has to be a balance, correct? There does. You know, as you know, St. Paul says, um, I believe it's in the letter to the Ephesians, um, if you are angry, let it be without sin. Now, the presumption there is implicitly, is that there's a form of anger which is not sinful, um, that there can be righteous anger. Righteous anger, right. And so what we're trying to do is strive for, as we so often do, the virtuous middle ground between two extremes. So one extreme would be unrighteous anger, where we are lashing out against people, where we're becoming uncharitable, um, and we'll undoubtedly talk about some of the ways that can happen because it comes up in the pastoral note. But, you know, there is another extreme, and that would be just kind of sitting around, wringing your hands, hoping things will get better without ever doing anything about it. And, I mean, even Jesus became righteously angry at times, and, um, you know, say at the cleansing of the temple, that's the most famous example in some of his preaching against the corruption of the scribes and Pharisees. Um, now, <laughs> he had the wisdom of the, he has the wisdom of the Son of God, and so we have to be a little bit careful about not excusing ourselves based on what we see in Jesus, because our wisdom is not so clear-cut all the time. You know, our insight can be foggy or even defective. But still, there is such a thing as righteous anger, and, you know, there have been occasions in recent months and years when the righteous anger of Catholics has rightly been provoked. Um, and so that's okay. But there are ways to express that virtuously that we need to pursue and to avoid anything that's going to be destructive. Right, because what I'm seeing now in, in some circles is this attack against all the leaders of the Church and lumping all of them in the same category as, as some who have uh, maybe have not been as strong as, as we would want them to be, and then um, saying, well, we're only going to believe this particular archbishop or this particular leader, and then you get into the, into the area of then, well, why are you Catholic? Are, are you then denying the way our Lord gave us a church, you know, founded by Christ on St. Peter in, certain, in terms of the, the hierarchy and, of course, you know, the, the passing on of, of, of everything through the hands of the bishops? So, 
again, there's a balance. We have to be righteously angry when there are wrongs and make sure that we are not hiding things and, and putting our head in the sand. But at the same time, be careful not to attack the core nature of the church, correct? Well, and you rightly point out that making um, generalizations is almost never helpful. You know, what's true of a bishop, what's true of a few bishops, even what's true of many bishops can't be applied to all the bishops. Not only is it not fair to the bishops, but it's not good for us either because it corrodes our sense of trust and authority. And authority is, in large measure, what the Church is built upon. I mean, it's ultimately, of course, about the authority of God himself. But he invests the hierarchical Church, um, the bishops and priests, with a share in his governing authority. And we're human, we can make mistakes, but we all need to be trusting in God's plan and his power at work in the Church. We're going to take a look at some of the really good points uh, that the Archbishop brings out in terms of discerning mind and hearts, what to look for in terms of when we're consuming media, and how to know when we may be being led down a very dangerous path of discouragement and not very righteous anger. We'll be right back. More with Father Charles Fox on a Friday morning. Stay tuned. Are you a pregnant mother or mom in need of support or in a crisis situation? If so, help is available. The Diocese of Fort Worth has recently launched Walking with Moms in Need. Walking with Moms in Need is a national initiative that is a time of service in which Catholic parishes and communities walk in the shoes of local pregnant and parenting women in need by offering to help moms in difficult circumstances through different tools and resources. For more information, visit fwdioc.org. This is Tony Beshera. My wife, Chris, and I own Babbage and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network, where you're also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babbage and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999, or you can find us on the web at Babich, B-A-B-I-C-H, dot com. So, when is the last time you were able to go to a big Catholic event, spend quality time with your friends, sipping on a glass of wine, eating some tasty hors d'oeuvres, hearing an outstanding presentation? I know for most of us, it has been a while. Well, get ready because our 2021 Summer Speaker Series event is going to be a perfect opportunity to get back out and celebrate with guest speaker Father John Ricardo at the Grand Ballroom of the Irving Convention Center, Thursday evening, August 5th. Please join us. Get your tickets at summerspeakerseries.com. Hello, my name is Brad Grimes with the Grimes Insurance Group, and I'm a proud sponsor of 910 AM. My wife and I are parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi in Frisco with our four sons. I would like you to consider Grimes Insurance Group for your personal insurance needs. We are an independent agency working with multiple carriers. I invite you to call today for a no-obligation review of your insurance needs. We can be reached at 214-494-8800. That's 214-494-8800. Thank you. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It is a Friday morning talking about the beauty of truth, a pastoral note on communicating truth and love in the digital age. This is from Archbishop Alan Vigneron from the Archdiocese of Detroit and having a great discussion on the use of media and discernment, which this note is all about with Father Charles Fox. 
from Sacred Heart Major Seminary in the AOD, and he's also a well-known writer and writes uh, often in a number of publications, including Catholic World Report and Detroit Catholic. So getting back to the pastoral note, Father, I want to go to the section that really um, spoke to me as someone who, who has been in media now for over 40 years, discerning minds and hearts. And the Archbishop gives really good points. He's offering five um, points here in terms of some warning signs, and I think these are excellent. And so I think it's very important for us when we are consuming media, and I've said this on the show separate from this pastoral note in my books, in my talks, it's very important to to discern. And what I'm seeing now is a lot of people not discerning where they see something and they automatically believe it's true. And then they ask uh, myself or another uh, Catholic person on the air or someone else in a position of who has a platform, well, why did this happen? Or why did this person do this? As opposed to, is this true? Can you show me something about this? What do you know about this? Automatically assuming that everything they're reading is true, and usually it's it's the worst of the worst of the worst accusations, and many times those accusations are false. Have you been seeing more of this as well? I have. I've been in several of these kinds of conversations lately, and I've found, I don't know, to be a pretty effective answer. So just pleading ignorance and trying to change the subject. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's very difficult because Part of what's happening here, and you know this very well, is people are developing narratives in their mind, overarching narratives about how the bishops are, how the church is today, the general direction of the world. And those larger stories become the interpretive lens through which people read or take in individual stories. So if I see a story about... um, you know, a bishop uh, handling a disciplinary case with a priest. Um, if I have it in my mind that generally the bishops are unfair to priests, then that becomes the interpretive lens through which I look at this new individual story about a disciplinary action taken against a priest. And so I'm poised to be cynical about the bishop's response. And we're just seeing a lot of that sort of thing. And some of it's justified um, because there have been genuine problems, but some of it's not justified. And when it's not justified, that can have a very corrosive effect on the way we take in news stories because, again, we're already prejudiced against certain parties in the story, and that's not a fair way of reading or viewing the news. There's a confirmation bias. That's what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let me read the five um, warning signs, and then we'll we'll try to go over them um, hopefully one by one. Number one is any proposition out of harmony with teachings of Christ and His Church. Number two, and this is a biggie, unsubstantiated. In addition to number one, obviously, but un- unsubstantiated claims or allegations. Number three, the manipulation of facts to deceive or harm. Number four. Ad hominem attacks. We see this all the time. And number five, the spirit of division. Now, this is a biggie, too, in terms of what's the fruit of these various outlets or these reports. What are they causing to happen? Is there a good fruit? Is there a bad fruit? And and the spirit of division, unfortunately, 
is happening more and more, more and more. So I think number one, um, I think that's 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 pretty easy for us to understand. If we see an outlet that is out of harmony with the teachings of Christ in His Church, especially of course the Catechism uh, and 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 what the Church gives us in Church of the Magisterium, I think most people would get that. But number two is is what's really frustrating to me is a lot of people, as I just said, are already believing. A lot of unsubstantiated claims or allegations. The Archbishop says in some corners of the media and among individual discussions, we have seen allegations of all kinds, even extremely grave accusations. And I've been the victim of this more than once. Level against people without the benefit of supporting evidence. Any person who makes a serious allegation has a correspondingly serious obligation to offer compelling evidence of his claim. Yet this responsibility is often ignored by those making these claims in an effort to attract an audience or to demonize one's ideological opponents and by those consuming these media without a discerning and unbiased eye. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this in various outlets, both in the secular world and even in the Christian and Catholic Christian world. Your thoughts, Father? I think some of this, just on a very practical level, is the result of the rise of the 24-hour news cycle, the proliferation of internet news and media channels and the, you know, just constant and ever-growing need for more and more news. And so news agencies do experience a tremendous amount of pressure to get stories out there as quickly as possible and to make them as attention-grabbing as possible. And so there's a grave temptation to embellish stories and to get them out there before things have been confirmed by, as uh, the Archbishop says, compelling evidence. And um, it's a temptation to be resisted, of course, as any temptation should be resisted. But I, I do want to, we ought to feel the weight of the pressure journalists are under right now um, to produce news constantly and to make it as attention-grabbing as possible, because we live in a world flooded with words, and so everyone's clamoring for the attention of other people on the Internet. And um, that's just a, it's a very serious temptation that we ought to take seriously. Now, having said all that, they need to resist it, and um, it's really important for us as consumers of these media to look with a critical eye that says, okay, these allegations are being made, but where is the evidence? Right. And is it, in fact, logically persuasive? Number three, the manipulation of facts to deceive or harm. Facts can be true in themselves and yet misleading when arranged and presented in a certain way. In video presentations, for example, and this one is huge, and having a TV background as well, I'm very sensitive to this. The deft use of music and images can steer the emotional response of viewers, making them more or less sympathetic than they would have been if the facts had been presented on their own. Presenting information with inflammatory language or within prefabricated narrative context, alleged conspiracies or patterns of corruption, can also have a tremendous influence on the way that information is received. Video artistry and narrative context are valuable journalistic tools when used properly, but when abused, they contribute to significant deceptions and often significantly harm to the reputation of individuals and groups. And this is actually from Pope Francis, who wrote um, in his message for World Communications Day 2018, an impeccable argument can indeed rest on undeniable facts, but if it is used to hurt another and to discredit that person in the eyes of others, however correct it may appear, it is not truthful. We can recognize the truth of statements from their fruits, whether they provoke quarrels, 
division, encourage resignation, or on the other hand, they promote informed and mature reflection leading to constructive dialogue and fruitful results. There is so much of this happening, Father, it's, it's out of control, really. It is. I mean, and it's a very important and subtle point the Archbishop has made here that um, very often facts which are true in themselves are used in order to deceive people. Um, and that can be done consciously or subconsciously, you know, um, that the way the facts are arranged, the way they're presented, the conclusions drawn from them can, in fact, be false, even though these individual facts are true. Um, and it's just really important for people to look at these uh, news stories analytically and to say, okay, well, this individual fact is true, and this individual fact is true, but does that mean the overall conclusion or the message being presented is true? And very often it's the case that it's not true, and that the facts are being manipulated. Um, And then the Holy Father is saying that even if an argument is put together that is logical, So now we're beyond facts and into the construction of an argument. So if an argument has been constructed which is true to one extent or another, still, if it's doing damage to people, um, if it's uncharitable, and, you know, doing unjust damage to people, I would say, um, if it's uncharitable, then that rotten fruit still renders the basic message uh, untrue. I mean, that the truth and charity are always in an interrelationship. They depend upon each other. They go together. They can't be separated from each other. Um, And it's just really important that we maintain both simultaneously, truth and the love of Christ. I'm really surprised and and very disappointed at how many people, uh, you know, subject themselves to this without real analytical, you know, thinking and connecting the dots. And when things are so sensational, automatic believing what automatically believing what they want to because maybe they've been hurt by someone in the church, and not to minimize the the many issues we have, but to automatically assume that things that certain outlets are saying are automatically true, even though there's no evidence to back them up. And going into our next point, which would be ad hominem attacks, of personal attacks that have been made by, by, by some of these outlets have been just horrific uh, to the point where, uh, you know, many lawsuits have been considered. And I know one particular outlet is facing a major defamation lawsuit uh, about a particular attack they made against a priest. And the people believe this. They believe these things automatically without questioning. And again, come to folks like you and me with, with media background and say, well, this happened and this happened. Well, well wait a minute. This is conjecture. This is confirmation bias. This is looking for things that are going to back up their arguments. One particular outlet, I was very, very, very ticked off about this, really got my Italian up, did this big article on all these bishops who supposedly signed this statement regarding not wanting to go into the discussion on the Eucharist, come to find out that several of the bishops said they didn't even see the letter and they don't know how their names got on the list. And yet that follow-up story, which Catholic News Agency did, by the way, and our outlets, was never put up on these other websites who were attacking the bishops. Now, that is not accurate journalism. So, I mean, it's calumny. Um, You know, it is sinful speech against others, and it damages their good reputation. And that's unjust. I mean, it is a sin. Um, 
obviously <laughs> to be sinful requires, you know, that you know it's sinful, um, you know, so you'd have to know that it was false. But even no matter what, there's a responsibility to be confident, you know, that you have persuasive evidence and not just some evidence in order to air these kinds of stories or to post these kinds of stories. Um, and unfortunately, the standard of evidence right now is incredibly low. Right. And people are, re- you know, real people are being hurt, as you said. Um, and it's really just, um, it's sinful. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you just can't attack people this way. And very often they do not deserve it. Um, and you bring up the case of the bishops, and that's a very apt one. You know, I mean, there are a lot of bishops who apparently didn't sign this letter, but this is where the, you know, the meta narrative thing comes in again. If you have a general sense that, like, this is the kind of thing those bishops would do, well, then when this story emerges, it fits your narrative so well, as you say, if there's a kind of confirmation bias, um, you, you don't tend to look with a very critical eye because it sort of fits the overall picture you have in your mind. But we need to sort of shake the cobwebs out of our heads and um, look at each story right, based right. on its own Pull merits. back and look at the context. Look at each story based on its merits. It's not to say that we're going to be hiding our head in the sand and not looking at the issues, because uh, we talk about those things all the time here. But we have to see, really, is this true? Because we could be doing ourselves a lot of damage, the church a lot of damage, and individuals a lot of damage. We don't have time to go over the last point, but this is very important, the spirit of division. What is the fruit of these particular stories or these particular outlets, whether they be secular, whether they be left, right, in the middle? What is the fruit? What's happening? If it's causing a spirit of division, as the Archbishop points out, that's extremely problematic and should be a cause for concern. Father, great discussion. We could do another hour on this, and perhaps we'll have you back, because this is really important. Thank you so much, Father Charlie Fox who is the soon-to-be the Associate Director of Sacred Heart Major Seminary. He's been teaching there for many years. He's also a priest in the Archdiocese of Detroit, a prolific writer. You can find a lot of his work on DetroitCatholic.com. And also Catholic World Report. We've been discussing the beauty of truth, a pastoral note, uh, communicating truth and love in the digital age. We'll put a link to it on our website. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. Hello, this is Steve Ray from Footprints of God Pilgrimages. Our Wisconsin pilgrimage is already sold out, but our St. Augustine trip was such a success that we're starting another one in November 1st through the 4th. The beginning of the Catholic history of our country, the first parish and the first parish mass. Great place. Also, three trips to the Holy Land, a St. Paul cruise and Lourdes and Fatima. To learn more about your Ave Maria radio trip, find the Ave Maria radio travel tab at AveMariaRadio.net. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection on a Friday and to listening to EW Chin, God willing, every single day. Great programming 24-7. Don't forget we have all the links to our discussions and the different resources we mentioned. And my wonderful producer, Andrew, posts them usually by midday, putting everything together for you on the archive section of AveMariaRadio.net. Again, a beautiful Father's Day to all the spiritual and physical dads out there. Thank you for being leaders. Have a great weekend and happy summer. Summer comes in Sunday. We'll talk to you on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, this is Dave Palmer with a reminder to download the Guadalupe Radio Network app on your smartphone. It's very simple to do, and once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to a crystal clear signal of this station, KTH 910 AM, 24 hours a day, anywhere you are. If you have any questions about our app or need help setting it up on your phone, contact me through email, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Are you wondering what to do with the house and need to talk with someone who can explain your options? My name is Jake, and as real estate investors, my brother Gerald and I are working to resolve real estate issues in your local area. We're proud sponsors of this great radio station. So if you're looking for an offer or simply like to explore your different choices, then our number to call is 682-317-9330, or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. 
Blessed be the great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.